Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. All right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Not that there's anything pertinent or pressing to talk about in the college football world, but let me bring in the rest of the team. Just get a feel for how everybody's doing today. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, when I called you on Monday yes, sir. to talk about some show stuff, you were on the hike and bike trail. Yes, out and about just getting a little fresh air. Been self-quarantined. Basically, my life is quarantined, I was being say, that I'm always at home, so sometimes <laughs> I have to get out, but you don't want to go around where the people are. So hike and bike trail, good spot to be. I was going to say, for everybody, like, oh, I've got to isolate myself from, from Matt. That's Monday. Yeah. You know. 100%. I didn't have to worry about spreading it. And it was like, but now I'm stuck at home with no like daily fantasy yeah. to do. So then it's like, what do you do? That is crazy. Yeah, you with no fantasy. How <laughs> I went from like been? work to no. Oh, it's been like sort of a treat. Like, how like, long summer. have you gone in your life without fantasy, though? Oh, uh, because truthfully, in the summers, I would meddle a little bit with like, you know, baseball. But there was one summer when I really sort of just took off and was like, all right, I'm good. The first summer after basketball. But other than that, like since it was invented, like, you know, since back in the day. It's crazy. Yeah. Pretty wild. Wow. Look, this was where it pays off for the third member of our team, our lockdown corner here on the show, to be a renaissance man. Because I'm guaranteeing you, if you need tips on how to handle self-quarantining, as we all manage our way through the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, he's got some tips for you. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003, spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, in the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. You know, Rod, we're in difficult times right now, so These as we sit here, sit here and record this show, uh, the city of Austin has just announced, like Dallas and Houston and other major metro areas, mm-hmm. bars are shut down, restaurants going to takeout service and to-go service only, no gatherings of more than 10 people, which for us here at Longhorn Blitz, that's fine, because we sit far enough away from each other, and there's only three of us in here while we record this, so we're good. And It is sort of odd, though, this is the closest tightness we've done a show, even though yeah. our, normally our social distancing, we're always six feet away. We're about four feet away from each other today. Somebody came in here and messed with the microphone, so I'm like doing the show almost sitting in Rod's lap, but we're... Y'all got good yeah. social distancing, though. Y'all it's got about too, four feet. It's a little feet. too close, considering. It is closer, considering. It's closer than... You can we, widen this you gap. You know what? Yeah, let me... Uh, let me, <laughs> me and Rod can widen here. the yeah, gap away from Jeff. I love Jeff. Yes, yes. We're, we're just put setting a good example for there society. You go, there you go. Boom. I think you're good, there right? we go. Now we're back to our there. normal six foot range. Yeah, there we go. Boom. And normally, now yeah. I just can't see. I'll look through this line to see Rod's eyes. There so we go. don't have <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any sports to talk about because who knows if Texas is going to have spring football? By the way, Texas they're following the Big Twelve rules, which no athletic activity of any kind until at least March 29th. I think we all feel like at this point that deadline is going to be extended. No question. Uh, it's Twenty years ago oh. with no internet, you yeah, had no, no chance. chance. <laughs> yeah, no, Rod, this is mailing playbooks. This is something you mentioned last week, and I think this is kind of the theme for if you want to kind of lose yourself in Texas football for a little bit amidst all that everything's going on in the real world. This is without question going to be the longest, most challenging offseason of Tom Herman's life. And you laid it out last week because you're dis- look, you've had to, you've hired seven new assistant coaches. You're displaced because you've had to move from Moncrief to the north end zone with the construction. You, hell, you're right down the hall from your boss now. Like that's how you have to conduct. <laughs> Very uncomfortable, today. right? <laughs> no, look, I don't. And this isn't a Tom Herman, Crystal kind of thing. Nobody wants to work right down the hall from their boss. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. You got to pull a Costanza and just always be there. That state of the art. Exactly. That state of the art waiting room you got. You don't even have that anymore. You, you, right you got a makeshift waiting room in the north end zone. Yeah. So. It was already challenging enough, and now you throw this in there. 
this is really going to test Tom Herman in ways that he never thought imaginable he was going to be tested. Yeah, I am excited to see how, you know, the stories about what they did, what was his plan. You know, these are these are times when, you know, guys like, you know, Nick Saban and great coaches. Yeah, organizational skills. The, oh, yeah, like, that have this those is skills almost so the they, has or have nots yeah, can be separated this during is exactly, the season. It's very small margins, and it's a situation where nobody's been prepared for, but they will have a plan uh, in place. They will make sure that, okay, you know mm-hmm. what, this is what we can do. This is what we can do, uh, and this is the way that we still get better, even though everybody else believes they have no other way of getting better. It's going to be very challenging. It's extremely challenging. In this next season, I can tell you already, it's going to be more volatile to each way if you're looking at it just from a betting angle or just how the games will play out. Because if you're well organized, if you have a you know a crazy not say a pandemic plan, but a plan that oh bleep goes to hell, we're going to have to do it differently. Than than we've ever done it and now you're comfortable in running a team of 85 young men or the other ones that are going to not be as organized may not nearly be as good so having the fact that once you get back together and you can be possibly playing games within a month or two months maybe from that time that's going to show like which teams the ones that do have it together have the organizational aspect and are able to implement or streamline or just get the best production quickly or just say the more talented teams will separate Ron, I got two new news items I want to get to, and then a question for you because you're of the three of us, you're by far in the best position to answer it. What I'm going to ask: uh, NFL free agency news as it concerns lifetime Longhorns. You guys, you guys want the good news or the bad news? Good, good news first. Good news first. The Eagles are bringing back Hassan Ridgeway on a one year deal. Oh, that's good. That's nice. good news. Yeah, yeah. Good for him to extend yeah, his time. Nice. Bad news: Jaguars are releasing Jeff Swaim after signing him to a multi-year deal last offseason. Ah, uh, yeah, they figured out that he's he's still a one-trick pony. <laughs> they brought him in, and was like, you know what? Maybe we can develop this guy. I mean, that Jeff Swaim has always done one thing really, really well and been elite at it. Yeah, and it's blocking. And mm-hmm. and they've they've always wanted to. Even the Cowboys, I think everybody's thought about man, what he's got great size too, got great specs, great measurables, and there's always the thought, man, if we can just teach him how to run a route or you know, I mean, teach him these subtle nuances of the passing game that, you know, I think he can, you can have a breakout season and you can unlock him or something. And now he's, he's just an elite blocker. And you know what? He's going to make another NFL roster. He's just going to get him on the cheap. Yeah. Right. That's all. And Who it was because the, at the end of last year, what, it was when Dictator Coughlin was out there, like breaking all the health yeah. codes and like forcing players to do things that were like against oh, this. Thank God he's not in charge well, right but, now. They'd be but, practicing. Exactly. <laughs> also, why Swain's not there anymore possibly because he also fit that Coughlin style of offense so now he knew front office there who'd have thought Rod go back to 2014 that Sean Watson offense that we all hated that still just makes me want to rip out the hair I don't have thinking about that offense but that offense would produce three NFL tight ends (laughs) Jeff Swaim Andrew Beck yeah and Tyrone Swoops good point that offense produced three NFL tight ends. Amen. It didn't that do much of anything package. else. They had a yeah. good goal line package. But it produced three NFL tight ends. That is a great point. Tyrone Swoops led the Big 12 in rushing TDs, didn't he? Yeah. No, no not that right year. About it was that, that group, like yeah. that mentality of no, the offense right, did when your quarterback is an NFL fullback. After the in tight end <laughs> position was an endangered species on the 40 acres for what, five, six, seven years or something. Yeah. We didn't yeah. even realize it. This was a breeding ground for NFL tight ends the whole time. I think Tyrone Swoops did get one. One target last year. I'll double check it, but he was on the field for a uh, lot of snaps. Two years ago, he had a catch. Yeah. Well, but, but, but he's he on the, for a lot of snaps. He'll play he forty a, snaps. Yeah, yeah. But he just was out there blocking constantly all of November and December. Mm, yeah. You want? You guys want to rebrand this thing tight in you? Nah, because they're you know, just they're not huh? multidimensional. Huh? Exactly. We're not even proud of. We Ain't be, no Bo Skis <laughs> or Jermichael Finley. Yeah, they're no David they snaps out with there. Blaine Irby's. Yeah. No Jermichael Finley. Hell, I just realized that just racking my brain sitting here recording this podcast is not. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not like something that's that's been a, out there. a good point though. No, I've never had anybody bring it up, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. So something something good. I, I once uh, I once wrote a, an article after he was demoted about the good things you could give Sean Watson credit for, and there wasn't many. Um, but like what you could credit Sean Watson for, and somebody's immediate response was the only positive thing to come out of Sean Watson's tenure at Texas is that nobody died under his watch. <laughs> no, and John Harris. True. I was gonna say John Harris is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Which, but you know, Rod, like John I, I, I use that. I use that to talk about something. I'm sure you're gonna talk. You talked about uh, on your shows that you will continue to talk about on that unnamed afternoon show on the Horn, which is an outstanding afternoon show, by the way. Thanks, brother. Um, 
that was the only positive. People were asking me, like, what what positive came out of the DeAndre Hopkins trade? I was like, well, that I know of, oh, there were God. no injuries or fatalities made in the process of that transaction. So that's one positive. <laughs> I think the positive is that the air raid offense now, or the NFL's air raid offense, is fully armed and operational. It yeah. is that that wide receiver, Hakeem Butler, Andy Isabella, Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. You know they're going to draft another wide receiver in the deepest wide receiver mm-hmm. draft in NFL history, and you got. Kyler Murray, they need to spend money on that O-line. I think they spend the 12th fewest dollars on the O-line if look at the salary cap. But man, I'm telling you, that offense, you can't, none of, I think all those guys can beat most DBs in the NFL one-on-one. Do you say screw it and just draft CeeDee Lamb? Just throw that's what I'm saying. Just load up, but no, they yeah. need to get me a left tackle, so no, they should just get a left tackle. You gotta protect Kyler Murray a little bit more. But I'm with you. I'm like, at this point, I'm like, man, you get one more really good, even if they get like a Devin Duvernay late I'll be like, oh my. holy well, shit. People don't realize how good Andy Isabella is going to be. Like oh that dude, they traded up Hakeem for him. Butler. Yeah. He forgot how good he was because he was hurt <laughs> last year as a rookie. Dude, both of those guys to me are guys that could end up starters for NFL teams. Yeah. And then whenever you know, you're, when you, you know. have Cliff Kingsbury knocking on your door trying to fleece you for the best wide receiver in the league, you should understand what's happening. You know, on draft. I'm scared that Bill O'Brien called them. You know, on draft. Day. <laughs> yeah, because of personal vendettas, it's I'm totally absurd. He called them. You know, on draft, they Right. If, like power. if Tristan Wirfs gets down to eight, where the, like the Cardinals, you, know, you said they need an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. and like Tristan Wirfs gets there, and Cliff's looking at the board, and he's looking at Ceedee Lamb or Jerry Judy, and somebody that runs like Cliff, don't we need a, we need a left tackle? Don't, don't, please, don't. <laughs> he's gonna have you. But if you, guys, but if you guys thought about this, what this would look like? I, I picture that Let you know me put you have Jerry a, Judy in this offense. You have a devil on one shoulder, an angel on another. I picture Mike Leach on one shoulder mm-hmm. talking to him. You know what I mean? It, it did. You know, and then on another shoulder, it's Mike Leach again saying, "Hell yeah, draft CD Lamb." Don't <laughs> 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 forget about yep, that, Jack. No, for sure, get CD Lamb. <laughs> he should. <laughs> I oh, think it's Mike Lee talking to him. And you're right. He could do that. And everybody would go, that's the air raid, baby. Yeah. Get ready for it. <laughs> it's uh, it's already here. So, Rod, the, the, th- the thing I wanted to ask you about is when you talk about the draft. And the draft, as far as we know from what the NFL said, is still going to go on starting April 23rd. We do know that most of the pro days have been canceled. The NFL mm-hmm. ceased all private workouts, whether it's teams flying a prospect in or teams going out on the road yep. to visit prospects. My question to you is this. If you're a guy like Colin Johnson, who needed the pro day, who needed the private workouts, I feel bad. Because, and I guess because as a, if you haven't been drafted yet, you're technically not a member of the Players Association yet. Mm-hmm. So there really is no like legal recourse those guys can take to say, you holding the draft under these circumstances is unfair Oh, no. There can't be any kind of legal action, right? No, because they're in purgatory. They're no longer student athletes, and they're also no. They're still not part of the players' they're association. Applying, yeah, the play, in other words, the players' got, association they, isn't going to step in and help. Them no, because they're not. Play, right. They're not a part of the players' association. Okay. They're literally in purgatory, and right. they're at the point that with the NFL, I mean, they they're just trying to go find their next workforce. So you can take yourself yeah. out of the workforce, but no, you, now you can start. If you're Colin Johnson, like we were saying before, start sending your tapes in or your personal workouts in. Which is what a lot of these players are doing. Yeah, and I'm not, look. I'm not saying Colin Johnson's playing on suing the NFL. I'm just throwing that out there in case if, if prospects did decide, hey, this isn't fair. I don't get a pro day. I don't get private workouts. Hey man, society. Seniors are right saying now. it right now. They're not going to get a prom and they're not going to get a graduation. And it's one of those life lessons that's right. That is not fair. And life is not fair. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be an asterisk coronavirus next to everything, like in every record book or recording in history. Yeah, it, it's just it's it sucks for those guys. That we're really needing a pro day, but you know what's, what's interesting though, and I wonder. Well, actually, I don't think Texas could do it. I mean, I guess you could, mm. um, but you might have to limit pro day participants. At LH that point. in it. Well, one thing, but like, then people wouldn't trust it. Well, no, but like what Iowa did, what I was doing, they're holding a pro day. They're just closing it off to outsiders completely. Yeah, and they're going to send that tape to teams. I know, but then like I said, and I I know because they brought this up. I mean, KD or BK one of them brought it up, and I said you got to remember the NFL doesn't trust anybody. Right. The NFL is a clandestine almost. You know what I mean? Like it, that's the way they work. They work like yeah. the CIA or the FBI. That's the reason when you go to the combine, they have when you get your medical exams, there's five to six different sessions of it because every team wants to have their own. They want to poke and prod you. They want right. to have their. They don't trust the 
Brown's examination of you, and they should not. Same as way, you know I mean? it's, the, it's the same thing. So that's why they were talking about man, maybe LHN could, you know, they could throw it out there and have it broadcast live on LHN. That's great, but it is LHN. They want everybody to look good on LHN. You know what I mean? They're not going to trust, oh, Texas sent me the tape of Colin Johnson working out. Well, I don't know if I trust their tape. I don't know if I trust their time. Literally, at the NFL Combine, there's electronic laser timing. These old men walking around with stopwatches. Yep. <laughs> oh, I got it. my time. And it's like, well, you know there's electronic time. No, no, I got my own time. And it's like, okay, your time is probably less accurate than the laser time. No, no, I got my own time. And it's like, okay. So that's how it works. And I don't know if they'll, I still don't know if that will, the video from the institution that is promoting the young man in an NFL that is so secretive will work out. It'll do what you want and boost your draft. For a pro day, don't, don't you need to have, uh, I don't know if you have, but any pro day, every pro day I've been to, you have an NFL scout, whether it's an area scout or somebody else, mm-hmm. you have somebody who runs that pro day. You have yeah. somebody that can run and conduct it, yeah. How, so how are you going to have an NFL scout or whoever run a pro day when scouts aren't well, allowed on the road? No, anymore? you aren't going to. That's And, and that also goes to the point of trust, right? No, this isn't yeah. going to happen. Like The way that the MMA this past weekend tried this in Brazil where you sent just two announcers, you had just two athletes, and you had a camera crew. It's still like we're bordering on a 10-person max yeah. already there. And then the way it was viewed as something that shouldn't probably be done during this time, yeah. especially when we're trying to l- set the example to limit these things to where it's unfortunate. But like, yeah, the, no just the practicality of staying within the parameters for the next month, it's nearly impossible because even a basic LHN broadcast has more than 10 people on it. Yeah. So you aren't going to be able to be allowed to do those things when you're a massive corporation. So it's going to come down to like kids individually sending workout things to coaches or maybe if you say have a area like how you said that there are area scouts the nfl isn't sending scouts on the road but if there was a one-on-one type situation where you could work out one guy in your area but those are just more like a personal workout and the nfl is trying to stay away from and those you, too the nfl said you can't do those yeah, yeah. So. even with the ones that aren't traveling along those nobody lines. wants the liability of someone tracing back um, one of those cases to your specific event. Nobody no. wants to be the mayor from Jaws. No, so, and I totally no, I mean, understand. That's why you should you should be shutting it down. We're talking about individuals, you know, like we were doing, like going to get your your, your to go food or us doing this podcast. If you can do it responsibly, but it, it's really tough. I mean, I don't know if there's anything Colin Johnson can do. I I, I hurt for Colin Johnson because I know it probably hurts Colin Johnson more than it hurts anybody else. Brandon Jones, you know, you know, he he made headlines because of you know his uh his this, this move that he decided to study each team and then present them with a portfolio mm-hmm. and he had basically flipped the session around where he was interviewing the teams. That was great. Even though he couldn't work out, you know his draft stock increased. Malcolm Roach, great workouts at the Combine. Draft stock increased. Um, you know what I mean? You go look at Devin Duvernay, of course. His draft stock's always been high, but I think it increased even more after the Combine. Nobody... I would say Colin Johnson hasn't had a chance to increase his draft stock yeah. yet, and I don't think he will. At least his senior day, those or the senior bowl, those workouts, I remember at That's the time. Good. He got that, that was now that we have less and less to analyze, though, but those type of workouts that used to be passed over now do That's have true. value because they actually were ran by people that are going to be involved with this process. I just worry this the wide receiver crop is so deep that, yeah. oh, yeah, when would they get to them? You know, they're going to be like, the next they're gonna be, running they're gonna, backs. It's like 10, 15, maybe 20 guys that are going to be looking at even before Colin Johnson potentially a just devalued via depth. Yeah, and if you're Colin Johnson, Rod, don't you have to hope that by the time you get to, I don't know, fifth, sixth round that at that point, like we talked about, somebody just sees your name on the board still and they say, you know what? This guy had first round grades, first round projections mm-hmm. from people at one time. Oh, yeah. And you're just going to have to hope that one team out there just says, you know what? Damn the fact that he's been injured. We love what we saw on tape. We're taking yeah, him. I agree with you. And he's got amazing film. Yeah. And so I, you know, for Matt, somebody who likes him, I agree with Matt. They're gonna they're gonna go back and go, man, I like him even more. And it's good that they're gonna be compartmentalized to watching that film because they're mm-hmm. gonna be, you know, they'll be in awe of him. Like, man, look at his flexibility. Look yeah. at the catch radius. Look at the, you know, the <laughs> body, uh, you know, the, the body movements and body control. So I, I'm with you. I think that whoever decides they really like him, they're gonna fall in love with him. I'm just hoping. That's you know that's a team that it willing to take him late in the in the draft because I don't think he'll go in the first four rounds right now. I had one of our one of our favorite people, friend of the show, Matt Miller, the NFL draft lead analyst from Bleach Report. I had oh, yeah. him on Lights of Tower, which by the way you can I heard hear that. weekdays ten to noon on the Horn four four nine with myself and Craig Way. Um, I had Matt Miller on there, and he basically said, Rob, what you're saying, you know, if, if you look at just Colin Johnson's tape, 
he's got tape that says he's probably a top 100 guy in this draft, even as deep as this receiver crop is. But what he needed was the private workouts and the pro day to have enough teams say, okay, what I saw there jives with the tape. We feel good about it. Exactly. Because right. he's not getting that benefit of the doubt right now. Yep, exactly right. I totally agree. Too many other guys had shock factors that may have infatuated teams. And I don't know if a team right now is infatuated. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's there's mm-hmm. one or two I'm sure there's a scout in this with the Seattle Seahawks, scout somewhere with I don't know, some other team that, you know, I'm not really thinking about off the top of my head that really, really likes Colin Johnson. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and that the, guy's gonna pound the table right. and he's gonna watch the film and send clips of Colin Johnson to, you know, the the the, the I don't know, the position coach or to the deep offensive coordinator and say, hey man, this guy, I'm telling you, he's there, you better skills. move him up on the board. When you just look so, at his footwork and his yeah. catch radius. And, and he's a balls, legacy guy. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, his measurables aren't bad. And, I mean, even though the 40 time could only have hurt him sort of before, right now the unknown, it almost helps him because you can't say he's slow and you can't point to mm. that, but you'd like to prove it it would be better to prove it and he probably will go out there and maybe put out a you know tape of him running a 40 but like you said those things are going to be hard to trust but the film the film is about as good as it gets on a guy like him when you just talk about receiving skills and then the idea of the radius and the legacy add those things all together like a team with a big arm quarterback could use a dude like that uh you know the other thing too rod that i think helps colin is his dad you know Johnny Johnson, mm-hmm. legendary lifetime Longhorn. Spent a lot of time in the NFL. You know Johnny's been involved in that coaching community for a long time, and and knows a lot of people. And I think the the legwork Johnny did, in the background work Johnny was able to do, and the people he knows, I think that helped Colin make the decision to come back to Texas for his senior year. So I, I would think there's there, look, there's going to be scouts out there that maybe they've known Johnny for a while that would you know trust his word and feel like look, at the very least, if you've got concerns about the kid, you know, a he's not going to be a problem in the locker room. B, he's going to be a guy that off the field you don't have to worry about. And C, he's a guy that's going to work his tail off. Yeah. So at the very least, in terms of those those periphery things that you talk about, well, do you want to invest in a guy? Colin Johnson's going to check a lot of those boxes. No, I, and I've always said I think Colin Johnson's the guy that make that can make an NFL roster. Right. I, I still feel that way. Mm-hmm. This is all about how he gets there and, you know, what path he's going to take, whether it be an undrafted free agent or, you know, fifth-round pick, f- fourth-round pick, sixth-round pick, whatever. Let's go ahead and pause right here and take our first break on this week's show, but there's plenty of Texas football talk on the other side, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. You know, one thing I wanted to talk about, and this is, uh, you know, at Horns 24-7, we're having to get creative with, with content right now because we're we're working under the assumption, Everybody. Rod, that we're not going to have spring practice. No way. So... This is uh, our topic this week is what are the top three is, – is name pick the top three players from the Texas football program in the last 25 years and rank them in order. Now, the easiest part of that exercise would be, all right, Ricky Williams, Vince Young, Colt McCoy, rank them. I didn't do that for my part. Hmm. What I did was let me take those three guys and completely omit them from consideration because what's the fun in that? <laughs> my fun. So basically you take those three guys out of the equation – who are the three best players at Texas in the last 25 years? And, Rod? All at Texas, th- not involving pro career, just at right, Texas. Right, just career. at Texas, just based on what they did at Texas. And, Rod, the three guys on my list, again, omitting Cole McCoy, Ricky Williams, and Vince Young, mm. you played with all three of these guys. Mm, no early. I know. I'm surprised at that. Number one on my list is Roy Williams. Because when Roy Williams was healthy mm. and locked in and used right in the offense, he's one of those guys that every time he touched the ball, you held your breath. Yeah, no. I did watch that Aggie game, the 2000 true... Aggie game, whenever he had the big 40-yard reverse, the two TDs his freshman year, whenever him, BJ, and Sloan all scored TDs from Sims in that second half. Like, that game was a showcase of Roy Williams. Where he got the ball in a reverse and beat everybody, like nobody touched him? Yes. Yeah. That one was great. And then, if you want the ultimate Roy Williams tape, Rod, LSU. it's the last game you played on the 40 Acres. Yeah, LSU. Was the yeah. game. Go ask Nick Saban and Will Muschamp how good Roy Williams is. Yeah. They'll probably tell you. That's the game honestly they got him drafted as high as he did mm-hmm. yeah yeah because they won a national title that, that next year and that oh, defense was god lit. he was so good in that yeah game. he was killing it and that's where when you think his career because that freshman year sort of because back he was that pre-internet era of recruit that when he showed up you really you had heard about texas got like three of the best receivers in the nation but then when one seemed to be light 
years ahead of the other ones just in physical stature and strength yeah. and like his freshman year like that Aggie game when the 43-17 game was the one that it was the first big national televised type game because that's you know your Thanksgiving game the whole country gets to see him as a freak and like you know they're talking about him leaving early to the pros back then even though it wasn't even allowed to do so he just was so freakish but yeah no if we're talking about just overall freaks Roy probably could be right up there with the Vince Youngs and the Ricky Williams when you've seen just top in ability at certain times of his career Rod when you people use the term freak a lot like oh he's a freak he's a freak athlete Roy Williams is 6'2", 6'3", 200 pounds. Go run a 10'4", Andrew, or 24, 25 foot long jumper? Yeah, man. That's a freak. He, he won state. Nasty I think it was hands, too. Great hands. Can you tell? Can you tell 10? the Detroit story? Because I think this just sums up Roy Williams. Like yeah. his first, his first practice. Yeah, we well, yeah, because what I because I was there when they they drafted because they when well, they had Charles Rogers there, the wide receiver from Michigan State who was drafted. I want to see top five. Yeah, he was yeah. before like second or third before overall. The, one pick before the fourth, Texans yeah. took Andre Johnson. Yeah, like they and they you know and he was a local kid. He was Michigan born State. In, yeah, he went to Michigan State, but I forgot like what the town he was hey, from. Flint or Dearborn. Uh, um, yeah, maybe it was Flint. Maybe it was Flint. He was, he was local, though, and they yeah. thought he was going to be, you know, amazing. Well, he was really, really skinny, kind of built, like, I don't know, he was just built right. frail, yet he didn't really have any chest muscles. Very strange that he was so, uh, I was shocked that he was so dominant in the Big Ten. I really was, because, and, and Sean Rogers was Saginaw, there with, by the way. Saginaw, Michigan. Saginaw, Michigan. And Sean Rogers was already there with the Detroit Lions, uh, and <laughs> and we also had Corey Redding there, all right? So it was me, Corey Redding, and Sean Rogers, and we had been telling Coach Mooch, Coach Mariucci, that, listen, if you drafted that guy, all right, as high as you did, then Roy Williams, I was like, the Roy Williams, you know, draft uh, pick is no, that's a no-brainer because that guy and Roy Williams ain't even on the same planet. Roy Williams is way better receiving. Everybody doubled down on that. Corey Redding, and so did, you know, Sean Rogers. I'm not saying they drafted Roy Williams, and that was back-to-back years. I'm not saying they mm-hmm. drafted Roy Williams because of us, but they pretty much drafted Roy Williams because we were like, dude, he's way better. And they needed him because Charles Rogers ended up flaming out. He was he loved his weed. He loved smoking weed. I was I was injured with Charles Rogers the same year. Rehab injury reserve. Good. Trust me. The guy, <laughs> and, and I think, I don't, is, he, is, he, is he passed away? Yeah, he passed away. He passed away, right? Yeah, so, all right. Back I don't in feel November, that. yeah. And he was, he was a cool dude, but, man, he loved to get on it, all right? He loved the good green and <laughs> loved it a little too much. Basically, is kind of the end, the premature end of his career. But anyway, when they drafted Roy Williams, the first training camp they had, like the one we all had together uh, as a team, and it wasn't a training camp. It was like it was like a mini camp, I should say, because we were in shells. <laughs> Roy Williams runs a six route across the middle, just a twelve yard in route. And I, I want to say Dre Bly was actually covering him, if I'm not mistaken. And the quarterback is Joey Harrington. Check down <laughs> Joey, for God's sakes. One of the times he actually threw it downfield. Check down, check down Joey, throws it. I mean, he put it on a line, too. It's a heater. And But he throws it behind Roy, probably about a yard behind Roy. And Roy's streaking across the field. He's got separation on Dre Bly. He's going, safety closing in. And then out of nowhere, he reaches back, like with his back hand, mm-hmm. and one hands the catch palms it palms the football looks like there's and never and never ever tucks it as he runs away from it never tucks it he actually palmed it one hand and then started his running motion never tucked it had it in one hand basically holding it holding the football like a damn basketball yeah you know i mean just it it was amazing and it it, it, and then everybody at that point awestruck and i think mariucci everybody silent and only me Corey (laughs) redding and sean was like yeah we told you we told you that dude because he was man he he was amazing and when he first got there he was really good too but of course it's the detroit freaking line so they can ruin anybody. And Rod, I'll say this too. Um, you, you've had this opinion that Roy Williams cannot be considered the greatest receiver in school history because of his success or lack thereof in the Oklahoma game. Yeah, I agree with that. You scored more touchdowns against Oklahoma than Roy Williams. Yeah. Yeah, so he can't be the greatest. And I think he, he deserves to be in the conversation, but Jordan Shipley is the greatest wide out in Texas football history. Now, it was good. Before Jordan came, you could have said Roy was, but then Jordan, his production in those games, like that 08 game was Jordan just is, unbelievable. Yeah. But for the context of y'all's discussion of freakishness of Roy Williams, only because it was mentioned on that broadcast I happened to watch two nights ago, Roy Williams won state in the long jump by jumping 25-6. It more than... 
stupid. All right, the rest of four A was twenty four three. Three A was twenty four. His runner up in five A was twenty four five. He won state by more than a foot. He won it with a twenty five six jump. Stupid. That is crazy. Yeah, totally absurd. So Roy Williams to me is number one on my list like of that. best players I've seen in the last twenty five years because just uh, absolute freak for the bonus. Number two, go to the other side of the ball. And Rod, you talk about freaks. A guy that was so good that had to be on the field that Bull Reese decides, you know what, we just need to have four linebackers on the field because all four of these guys are really good. Man, Derek Johnson, didn't see one like him before, haven't seen one like him since. Yeah, Agreed. I agree with you on that. And he was actually one of the few people that I've ever seen in any football career be better in the latter half of his career than he was at the beginning because it's crazy. The NFL evolved into his skill set because mm-hmm. he was from the Big 12, a spread. He was going to spread era of football. Like P.J. Era, Tucker. Spread, spread ecosystem. Yeah. And then once he, the NFL became Big 12 football, he, he flourished. He was awesome. And I think that's because the the NFL basically was his, his style of play fit it was more compatible with a with a spread league and I, I think Matt's right too about PJ Tucker the NBA yeah. now fits his you know very unique skill set and mm-hmm. if PJ Tucker had been like a first round pick he wouldn't have had to go to Greece for those first five years or Israel and all the places he played but a guy like Derek Johnson was ba- able to barely stay on the roster to then be able to afford the riches that came with his skill set in the NFL and I just happened to click in the 5A uh, state championship before the 100 that year Roy finished third with the 10 4 8. You know who was fourth? Adorian McCullough. He Dorian beat out Adorian McCullough. McCullough. How about nice. that? Think about that. A lot of people say Adorian McCullough is the fastest person they've ever seen. Yeah. Roy Williams is faster. No, I'm telling you, right? <laughs> Dude. Yeah. It's stupid. It's stupid yeah. to be that big and that like freak. But Rod, I want to ask you this. Were film That's sessions with crazy. Bull Reese, Derek Johnson's freshman year, was it a lot like us watching the games where you would just see like this orange blur fly across the screen? You're like, what the hell was that? And it's like, oh, it's Derek Johnson. Like, and you, everybody kept thinking, like, man, as good as he is right now, once he actually wants the instincts and the experience catch up with the athleticism. It's gonna be off the charts. I don't honestly I don't ever really remember him having like a like hitting a freshman wall or needing like to learn like the fresh the, the freshman curve, all the kind of stuff. Like honestly, I think he was great from the time I saw him. When he showed up, practice. he seemed like he was. The I don't best think player. I don't think there was a time where I I saw him and I was like, oh, he's gonna be great. I think I saw Derrick Johnson. Really? I was like, oh, he's great. He's great from day one. Day one. And Seth Benson was kind of like that. It was yeah. like, oh, well, no, so so he's gonna he's gonna be really good. No, he's really damn good. Took us losing to Oklahoma to figure that out. And Derrick Johnson, I mean, I don't know how deep into the season it took him to start him, but it, wasn't that long. At a, it didn't wasn't that long. long. It was like, I think they got a few weeks of practice and went, all right, guys. I mean, he's better than any of you. And everybody was like, yeah, he's better than us. Go ahead, put him out there. We cool. We cool with that. It's uh, <laughs> no argument here, guys. It's no. weird because <laughs> Rod, Rod is as good as your '99 class was, and that was kind of the class that in terms of the kind of the modern era of Texas football, that's a class everybody looks at. Okay, you're bringing a different breed of cat mm-hmm. into this program. Yeah, yeah. You know, with yourself and both Scaife and Corey Redding and Chris Sims. Yeah. But in that class, there wasn't a linebacker like Derek Johnson. And I remember watching like the first time I saw Derek Johnson's clips because uh, we're right around the same age. I remember seeing his clips from like the Waco news stations mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, man, when I saw him, I'm like, you know, I remember watching guys like Derek Brooks. I'm like, that's yeah. what that guy looks like. I like he that. looks like one of those Florida State Miami Long, linebackers. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't even look like a linebacker traditionally. You're like a six yeah. four safety. It's <laughs> yeah. weird. Like I don't, no, I don't even know yeah, I totally like, what, like what planet are you from yeah. kind of deal. Because yeah. he was like nearly like an all state basketball player. Like he was that good of an athlete. Like I had friends just like you say, because he was like a class oh one, so he was just a year younger than us, and that had played basketball in the Waco area. And we're like, nah, man, he could have went and played D one if he wanted to. It was just so football's his calling. And I, I you know, when I, I hosted my man, DJ, man, and I remember Mac, literally the, the talk from Mac. And, you know, Mac had his heavy hitters. The, the guy said, he was like, if you're recruiting, if we want this guy, you know, I'm going to give him the Sims or I'm going to give him the C-Red or I'm going to give him the Babers. I think B.J. B. Johnson became one of those guys. Like, no, no, I got a hit. I got 100% success rate. You give me who you want me to get, I'll yeah. get him. And he gave me Derrick Johnson. He was like, Rod B., like, hey man, we gotta have him. We gotta, we gotta have this guy. We don't, we miss out on this guy. You know, our national championship future, our, that blueprint that we we started with you guys. We don't know if we can get there. Like, he's that pivotal. Like, it, it was pretty. It, they were pretty upfront about you know 
by any means necessary. Not not cheating, but right. just get the guy. Yes. <laughs> show yeah. him a good time. So, no, we're not. Well, show him that not only a good time, but you know, my my what I told him was, it, it doesn't matter where you go, man. You're gonna be you're gonna be great. You're gonna be a first round pick no matter where you go. You're that good. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you want to live in Texas and you love the state of Texas. I gave him the same pitch that you know basically Matt gave to me, and that um, you know, um, oh man, now I'm going crazy. I uh, can't remember a And M coach. R.C. Slocum that he gave to me. R.C. Slocum. R.C. Slocum. That was his pitch to me. Like, where I be? Don't you want to live in? He basically pitched Texas to me, even though Mm -hmm. I lived in Texas. But as a young man, you don't think about where you want to live when you're 40. And he's like, don't you want to live in Texas once you make your millions and you're a Hall of Famer? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, then you want to go to school in Texas. It makes a difference. And I was like, really? He was like, oh, yeah. And every every player you would ask, they'd go, yeah, yeah, it makes a difference, man. And that's when I learned, no, if you want to live in Texas, you need to play ball in Texas. And, yeah, that's what I pitched to him. It worked. Man, I just remember, I, like <laughs> I said, I just remember mm-hmm. watching his high school clips and me like, I, you know, I get excited about recruits, but yeah. Derek, Derek Johnson and Cedric Benson, those are the first two. I was like, man, I ain't seen Texas recruit guys like this. I've oh, never yeah. seen guys that young be that good. I'm trying to think who else was that good, that young. Vince Young was, when Vince came in, Vince was pretty damn good. But Vince still, Vince got better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. saw Vince get better. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think Said B and Derek Johnson were just, like they were yeah. that good when they stepped on campus. And I was like, okay, he needs to lift some more weights and Games they were way, grown men, that's though, a, That's too. an NFL first-round pick right there. And said B, he was always good. Yeah. Since he stepped on the field as a freshman, he was cold. And I think Nathan, nasty Nate was like that. Nathan Vash was Earl like Thomas that, Earl Thomas was like that as freshman year. Certain players that Earl Thomas was like that. about just that's like very point. first I never years. saw them like, yeah, I never saw them on a trajectory. It was like, no, they just hit greatness and then never And they that's never what Texas was missing for a while was like, I remember as a kid like being like, well, how, like whenever OU out of nowhere sort of like in 99, 2000, and get these guys in its automated production and then I was Amazing. like now you're starting to get guys like Peterson who's like the best like I was like how are you ever going to compete with these type of athletes when you consistently be able to do it yeah. but Texas started to land those type of guys and it was like and it's that if you just look at 2000 said B was that guy DJ was that guy mm-hmm. in 01 Vince was that guy in 02 Adrian Peterson was that guy in 04 I don't know if the state had a guy like that yeah. in 03 or in 05 but like when those guys come it is almost like oh well if you get one of those type like when they actually separate amongst the elite those are the type of guys that you just feel like you can go and win the next game against anybody we've seen that in recent years with a couple of guys not the volume like matt's talking about but like quandre was one of those guys quandre was like like the minute quandre stepped foot on campus right oh man remember that (laughs) that split quandre's first spring you're like he's starting somewhere i don't know where he's taking somebody's no, no, Caden Stearns had that yeah, about that's him. Another, that's the other you know, one I was going to bring Kane, up. Yeah. I know he's dealt with injuries, but Caden's got that about him, man. You're right. like, damn, he just seems like an old head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though Immediately. he's Immediately. Yeah. Well, and even De- Deontay Foreman didn't get the opportunities, but it seemed like that this second he stepped on as a young player. He was. We they talked just, about it. Yep. He just didn't get the chance, that's and then by his point. junior year, he had a it. Damn shame. Rod, did you know you had a remote uh, down in Kyle, down in my neck of the woods, where you guys had Ricky Williams on the air and talked to Fozzie Whitaker? Yes. Did you get to run into Deontay down there? I, he was there, but it, we, I never got a chance to like you know, yeah. converse with him and have a conversation. There was fans around. He was signing autographs and he was in and out. But I wanted it? to, I wanted to go talk to him and oh. see how he was doing. And hopefully, I wanted to actually tell him, you know, hey, don't give up on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're still young and in your prime. Like, give it, you, man. It's, it's you know the game is crazy. There's so many crazy stories about guys who are you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Selling gross, sacking groceries, or delivering goods, or something one day, and then oh, they make an NFL roster. So I was going to tell him, man, just, just if health, if healthy, he'd have been a perfect guy for the XFL. Like he's the kind of guy that he's still the, they would envy him. Like he's, he's way above that, the XFL. Yeah. yeah, he'd be the best player in the XFL immediately. Well, and number three on my list, Rod, a guy Ooh. that's near and dear to your heart. Oh, I wonder who this is going to be. I'm interested here because I'm still just blown away at his production his last year at Texas, Casey Hampton. Yeah. And again, Dang, forget about how good <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those numbers are always fun to look at. And what and what do the three guys on That's my list good. have in common? I didn't see one like them before they got there. Yeah. I haven't seen one like that since they left. That's a good point. Yep. Casey Ham- Let me just go Casey Hampton's <laughs> senior year when he was Big Casey 12 Hampton's defensive player of the year. Awesome. Yeah. It's like Wilt Chamberlain stuff. Yeah, it is. Remember, he plays defensive tackle, guys. He plays nose. He's, three, he's over the ball. And he's 300 and what, 10 pounds? At least like that? at that time. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because uh, in that A&M game, Big Leonard was listed 6'6", 365. Good Casey Hampton is a senior. <laughs> As a defensive tackle where he's getting triple teamed, Rod, and you can verify this, triple teamed at triple times. Team, yep. 
Tied for the team lead with 78 tackles with D.D. Lewis, who was a Mike linebacker. Yes. <laughs> it's a joke. His tackles for loss. Three, three, three and a half sacks. Oh, man. How does 18 tackles for loss sound? Yes. 18. On 18. a defense on a defense with D.D. Lewis, Corey Redding, Sean Rogers, you led the defense in tackles for loss with 18. <laughs> How about quarterback pressures? Most guys out here, they might have 12. Then Casey Hampton, 22. <laughs> Absurd. <laughs> He's an edge rusher. Yeah. <laughs> Two passes batted down, four forced fumbles. He would be like, as oh a, again, as a nose. As a nose tackle. You got to go. No, I think, honestly, to me, the wise old stats is leading the team in tackles. I would like you to go through as many teams' stats throughout the years as possible and find out the last time their defensive tackle yeah, led, led them. them in tackles. We talked about how great Puna Ford was, and Puna Ford would never fill up a stat sheet. No. It was like, you know, he was awesome. He impacted the game. You have no idea how to quantify his impact. And yet, this dude is leading the team in tackles. You running down. He's, I mean, he's running downfield. I mean, he's running out there with me sometimes. Like, Casey's there. I'm like, this was a curl route. What are you doing here? <laughs> it was a curl route. What are you? Okay. Yeah, it that is. dude. Wow. Yeah, you're right. We don't give him enough props. No, he doesn't get enough props. He doesn't give him enough props. Because he plays, you know, he plays, he's one of the greatest Steelers of all time. Yes, so. he, he should be on the all-time Steeler D-line, which is That's crazy. Well, look, and, and I said this about Casey Hampton, how much of a badass you are Man. when you can be on the Pittsburgh Steelers 75th anniversary team as a defensive lineman. D-lineman. Yeah. I mean, you kicked out some of the people from the steel curtain like, yeah. hey, man, I got bumped you. <laughs> well, and they said we have to make it clear to put KC over some steel curtain dudes. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Actually, I did not think about that one. I was I was ready to disagree with you. I was like, because you know you're leaving out somebody because, yeah, you didn't have Earl Thomas on there. You know, George, George Shipley on there. I was like, I'm ready to disagree with it, but no. Nope. 25 years covers no. a lot of ground. No, that the, the, the three you gave, actually, it's hard for me to disagree with them. I'm not going to lie. I'm with you on that. I'm with you. I'll take Casey Hampton's 18 tackles for loss. No, man, I'm with you. It's crazy. And and Casey's got one of the best stories, too, because, you know, Rod, you were there. You talk, called it the most embarrassing experience you've had on the football field, which is the 2000 loss to Oklahoma, the 63-14 game okay. in the rain. Yeah. And, you know, Mac dresses everybody down, and and Mac tells yeah, the Yeah, Mac, a few times when Mac came in, and Mac, you know, he dog-cussed us. Mac doesn't, Mac's not no. one of those guys, so he dog-cussed us. And, and we deserved it. Mac told the story <laughs> getting on the bus of how— Coach Royal made it a point to grab him and say, hey, I just want to let you know, you might think everybody played bad, but no, you need to go watch that film. You especially need to go watch what 64 did today. And if you go back and watch that game, Texas fans, as painful as it might be, this is one of the times where if you've got some time, maybe go back and pull highlights. Don't watch them. Texas did not lose that game because of Casey Hampton. No. Casey played like an All-American. Like some of those some of those dimes Josh Heupel threw, it's with Casey Hampton like breathing down his neck and damn near ready to take his head off. Yeah, that's how bad we were as a team. That he had an All-American performance and we still got blown out. Uh, no, I will say I'm, you've enlightened me, Jeff, because I was ready to, yeah, I was ready to disagree with you, but. Look, you, you, you convinced me, Rod. You seen you seen my man. I made the, the Roy Williams one. I I may you know have a little bit of disagreement there with Jordan Shipley, but other than that, you hit the nail on the head. I thought about putting Casey Hampton at one. Like that's how much I love Casey Hampton. Like Rod, you seen my man cave, right? Yeah. And, and I, I'm adding slowly adding memorabilia. One of the pieces I bought that's ready to get framed. Yeah. Is is an autographed Texas Casey Hampton jersey? I was like, mm-hmm. I want that on my wall. Hell yeah, you like, Texas fans. I need Ricky and Cole. Like no, I need Casey Hampton <laughs> Casey, up on the wall. Casey Hampton on my damn wall. No, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, man. He's I, I, You forget how great he was. You really do. Damn. No wonder why you guys are so good on defense. Man, Rod, I could probably cover for four or five seconds if I got Sean Rogers and Casey Hampton up front. Aaron Humphrey was on that D-line. Cedric Woodard played in the league for your, a while. Your, that, your junior oh, year, your, your sophomore year, that, that, 2000, year that 2000 defense, was, all four of those D-linemen, starting D-linemen played in the NFL. It's amazing, yeah. man. Casey Hampton, Sean Rogers, Corey Redd, and Kalen Thornton all played in the NFL. No, it's for a young, young DB, I, I can't think of how. I probably wouldn't have. Who knows if I'd have kept that damn job if I didn't have a D line like that as a young DB? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like, they they really because I well I guess I fi- I did figure out pretty quickly I was like they can't teams can't hold the ball against us mm-hmm. and that's why we started playing tons of bump and run. It was like well oh, we play bump and run play that- and we can just disrupt the timing of the route with Casey Hampton, Sean Rogers, Aaron Humphrey, Cedric Woodard on D line. Oh well then I'm basically just playing bump and run for like a second and a half. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. after that if I can get my hands on them, dude, your route's over because your quarterback's running for his life. And that team when you. You talk about that team. That it's it. sort of like whenever you hear people talk about, like, uh, you know, the U when they had, like, the 43 draft picks. But, like, yeah. never at one time did 
everybody overlap and play. Like some guys were Frank Gore was your fourth string running back or mm-hmm. whatever you go the tight ends. But, but yeah. that's why that 2000 Texas team is sort of the perfect marrying of everybody together because you have Leonard, Mike Williams, Casey Hampton, and Sean Rogers. But you have freshman Roy, freshman BJ, freshman Sloan. You got Sims. You haven't got Benson yet, yeah. which is close. Working and then you it. lose out on your Leonard and your Casey the year that Benson comes in. But just watching that Aggie game, I mean, it was so cool to see. Like, there's a screen out to the outside, and like, first off, I, I, the fact that A and M has running backs that were six foot two seventy five, Jamar Toombs. But then when you see Casey Hampton was and Tiki Sean, Hardeman still, uh, I don't think so. No, I, I didn't see him yet. But like, there were a few plays where you see Casey Hampton literally jumping over an offensive lineman that Sean Rogers has plowed over, and the only way Casey Hampton can get to the sidelines is by hurdling a lineman yeah. and just so agile just jumping over and then you see Sean Rogers and Casey Hampton are bearing down on a ball <laughs> carrier going to the sideline I was like my god this is just as fearful as it could be but Rod that's what you hope for right in a coaching transition and, and throw Quentin Jammer in there too like say, yeah, it's Mac Brown getting the most out of the guys he inherited oh, from yeah. John McAvick and recruiting his tail off and just infusing yeah. more talent he did a good job the youth movement maximizing uh, McAvick's guys with D.D. Lewis all those guys before, yep. before we go um, one stat I want to throw out from that 2000 season Rod, you finished second on the team in pass breakups that year with ten. That was a pretty good year. Well, nobody was throwing that jammer. Well, no, but you th- you break up ten passes in a year. It's pretty yeah, good, no, right? It was, it was good for a young guy. Yeah. You, you want to know why nobody threw at Quentin Jammer in two thousand one? Because I want to tell you how many pass breakups he had in two thousand. About twenty. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of those were dropped interceptions. So he probably dropped seven interceptions. He had three picks, but twenty pass yeah. breakups. He probably he probably could have had eight picks that year. Yeah. That's yeah. why Nathan Vash was so crucial to our our secondary because you had two DBs with bad hands. Yeah. I had bad hands, so the Quentin Jammer, but we could lock stuff down. Yeah. You put in a ball hawk in that thing That's a with teams returner. who didn't want to teams who didn't want to throw at Jammer, and then once Rod B earned respect, wasn't going to throw at Rod B, and then it became all right. Let's throw at these safeties, and that was a mistake. Vash <laughs> was a safety. Dion for Texas yeah. fans at the same time it was the peak of Dion and it was as if Texas had their own threat in the secondary man. with yeah. him and if you ever rewatch that A&M game you should watch the very first pick six that y'all have on Greg Brown's pick six because yeah. they try to go into little trips where they have the slot inside guy and yeah. Mark Ferris they're talking about how y'all only play man you're only a man to man thing but you can see you talk to Greg and I assumed communicated yeah. that he's going to carry the inside guy it probably and so buddy, y'all it's yeah. like a switching Tango call. Mark Fing, Mark yeah. Ferris just assumes, oh, they're a man team, they're men, throws it, and it's just a gift Say, touchdown to the guy that was lined up against you, but yeah, Greg well, picks up I real quickly. I know exactly the play you talk about. It's the same concept, though, in Oklahoma game with my yep. pick six. It's yep. the same concept. Mm-hmm. It's just the inside out. Same. It's great. That's, it's that's, cool to watch. Yeah, it is cool to watch, actually. One last break on the show, and we will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven when we come back and close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lie down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. Spring into big savings with Purple Spring Sale. Get a free set of purple sheets and a plush pillow when you purchase a purple hybrid or purple premier mattress. When you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lie down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. 
you're the only one I want to come home to. Purple mattress. Spring into big savings with Purple Spring Sale. Get a free set of purple sheets and a plush pillow when you purchase a purple hybrid or purple premier mattress. When you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lie down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. Spring into big savings with Purple Spring Sale. Get a free set of purple sheets and a plush pillow when you purchase a purple hybrid or purple premier mattress. When you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049-1019 AM 1260 streaming on the Horn app at hornfm.com. You can catch me and Craig Way on Light the Tower each and every weekday from 12 to noon. And you can catch Rod B., Kevin Dunn, and Brad Kellner on that unnamed afternoon show every weekday from 3 to 7. Shameless plug. Thanks to Matt, you can get all of our archives, our classic shows, classic interviews are on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Just type in Longhorn Blitz. And you can get Longhorn Blitz anywhere you get your podcast by searching Horns 24-7 Podcast. Get us, State of Recruiting, and the flagship Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast, just search Horns. 24-7 podcast and don't forget to like us and leave us a review for the horn family for the horns 24-7 family i'm jeff howe thank you so much for downloading and listening and we will catch you again on the next episode you've been listening to longhorn blitz with horns 24 7.com remember for the latest longhorn news 24 7 visit